Parsha talks about many things and contains many mitzvahs. But three of those mitzvahs that the Torah talks about in this week's parasha have something in common and can help us understand our role as parents in our homes as well. The first mitzvah that I'm referring to is the mitzvah of listening to Bezdin, our obligation to follow Bezdin's ruling. Now, the Bezdin being referred to here is the highest court of Tyre in Judaism, the Sanhedrin of the Lishka Sagazis. They are the final arbiters of halacha when there is a dispute in Klai Yisrael. It keeps them moving up through the system until it comes before them and they decide on it. And once they arrive at a conclusion, we're recommended to follow their psaq. We're commanded, not recommended. We're commanded to follow their psaq, whether we think it's correct or even if we think it's wrong. The Pasik says, don't veer from what Bezdin tells you, not to the right or not to the left. And Rashi explains, what does it mean not to the right or not to the left? He says, even if they're telling you on your right hand, that's really your left hand. And they're telling you your left hand, that's really your right hand. You still have to listen to them. That means even something that seems so obvious, I know this is my right hand, and I know this is my left hand. No, you have to listen to Bezdin. And we're obligated to accept and follow the ruling. And if someone deliberately rebels against Bezdin and he flaunts their authority and paskins against their ruling publicly, he's known as a Zakin Mamre. It means he's a Talmud Chacham, but he's a Mamre. He's a rebellious Talmud Chacham and he's liable for the death penalty. That's the level of importance that Tyra accords having the authority of Bezdin intact. It's the only thing that preserves our Tyra. The next parasha that the Torah talks about, is crowning a king. After there's a mitzvah to choose a king once Klal Yisrael has been settled in, Yis- in Eretz Yisrael. And the Torah gives a king a number of mitzvahs, which he's obligated to follow. He can't have too many horses. He can't have too many wives. He has to own a personal Sefer Torah, a little pocket Sefer Torah, and learn from it always. He can't allow his heart, he can't allow his heart to become haughty, lofty. He can't think of himself better than anybody else. That's what the Torah demands of a king. He certainly can't stray from the Torah, not to the left or to the right. But yet we know that disobeying a king carries the same death penalty. Being murdered by Malchus is liable for the death penalty. And lastly, the Torah teaches us the parsha of a Navi. The Torah warns us against seeking counsel and advice from people practicing witchcraft and divining and other such practices. The Torah explains that if we have questions about anything and we need to know the answer, we need to know how to proceed with our lives. We should seek out a Navi. Hashem promises us that He'll give us Navim to guide us and lead us and know what He, Hashem, wants from us. How to live our lives. And the Torah warns against disobeying the Navi again with the death penalty. But the Torah warns the Navi as well that he must remain 1,000% truthful and only speak in the name of Hashem what Hashem commanded him to say. And if he says anything different, if he says anything different, whether to fabricate a nevuah or to relay a nevuah that he wasn't supposed to relay or to refrain from sharing words that he was meant to share. He holds back a nevuah. All of those, he's himself liable for the death penalty. These are the three primary leaders that Klai Yisrael had. Bastin, a king, and a navi. And in truth, they provided a form of checks and balances for each other. The whole of Tanakh is full of the Nevi'im rebuking the kings. The Nevi'im were in, had, were institution in place that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could balance the power of a king. After the Nevi'im 
the, the period of the Nevi'im ended during the second base of Mikdash, based in balance the power of a king. They balanced his power simply because people listened to them. People listened to the king, but they also listened to Basin. They were powerful. They were influential. And they had to be listened to. So the Torah has an, inter- an internal system of checks and balances. Within Basin itself, Basin is by definition a fear system. The rule is that the youngest Dayan of Basin speaks first. So you shouldn't get intimidated what the older Dayanim says, what the head of Basin says. Head of Basin has to go last. So the Torah builds in a sense of fairness and the ability to keep everything in check. And the Nevi'im themselves were as obligated as everybody else to give respect and honor to the king. Eliyahu Navi, right after he gave a fiery rebuke to Achav, and he killed that old Nevi'im Abal that Achav was supporting after that whole showdown on Har Carmel. It says Achav then went back to his palace and he needed a servant to lead and guide his carriage. Then he wasn't around for some reason. Eliyahu Navi did it. Eliyahu Navi himself ran in front of Achav's carriage to lead it to his palace. So the, the, the Nevi'im showed the utmost respect and authority to the king, even when they were rebuking them. Yet, the leaders themselves, as we see, the Torah doesn't expect them to be perfect. And they're warned against making mistakes or putting themselves into a position where they can make mistakes. A king can't have too many wives because having too many wives will cause him to go astray. He has to have the Torah with him at all times to prevent himself from becoming hori. because if he becomes hori, he's going to go astray. He's going to make mistakes. The Navi is warned against saying even an iota away from what the truth is. No one was clear of a Navi's rebuke and the Navi was never clear of Hashem's rebuke. Every single Navi of our great Naviim were rebuked by a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Moshe Rabbeinu was rebuked by Kaddish Baruch Hu. Aaron and Miriam were rebuked by Kaddish Baruch Hu. Shmuel Navi was rebuked by Kaddish Baruch Hu. Yeshua, Yeshaya, and others, all clear psukim of open rebuke. Every person can make a mistake. And regardless of how lofty and powerful their position is, it's incumbent upon them to live up to the responsibility of that position and admit their mistakes and own their mistakes and rectify them. And although the Torah requires us to give them such powerful authority, and the Torah holds that authority so important that it's liable for the death penalty if that authority is rebelled against, it's not considered a lack. It's not considered a weakness in that authority to make a mistake and admit your mistake and to be rebuked for your mistake. That's not considered a weakness. That's considered a strength. That, considers, that is considered actually validating your authority, demonstrating how you are a person who is capable of having that authority, of having the responsibility of being a leader, being able to own your mistakes, admit your mistakes, and learn from your mistakes and move on. As parents, we are the leaders. We're the authority in our houses. And as parents and as grandparents, we lead. And we demonstrate. And we're role models. And parenting is something that has been quite challenged the weeks and months of, of corona and isolation. No school 
limited options for camp have seriously challenged our parenting skills. We've been together for more time than ever before. And in addition, many of us have had to juggle trying to work from home while being a parent, helping and encouraging our children with school, keeping the peace, trying to keep our own responsibilities. And this leads to increased tension, to say the least. I see in my own family how much we've changed through this time together. It's made us stronger and closer. And many of the petty things that used to come up between siblings and parents and children have been abandoned. It's, there's been a change, a very noticeable one. But we're all human. We are all human. And our humanness has been brought into very sharp focus through corona. And we try to keep our cool and, and to keep our patience, but we're not always so successful doing that. And we might find ourselves being very critical or getting criticized. <laughs> Those two ways. And we might struggle with disrespect and try to maintain our authority within our homes. And, and these are challenges that parents always face, and in particular, during this time. And looking at these parishes, we see how crucial leadership is in Yiddishkeit and how much value the Torah places on authority and respecting and following and according the proper respect to our, our leaders, all leaders of every level. But at the same time, in almost the same sentence, the Torah obligates leaders to live up to their standards. The Torah obligates leaders to know where they will go off and rectify it, live up to it, accept rebuke, change. So as parents, we know our weaknesses and we know that sometimes we slip and make a mistake. And sometimes we say things we shouldn't have said. And every one of us have our own, we have our own standards of where we consider that we've gone too far and when not. And when we go beyond that boundary, it's not that a person has to apologize every day or apologize every situation. But at, there are certain points that we know we've gone beyond, we've overstepped, or we made our own personal expectation for ourselves: what's right and what's wrong. When we've gone beyond that, then we need to apologize. And we need to own our mistakes. And we need to rectify them. And that's the greatest show of strength that a parent can do. It's the most beautiful example that we can set for our children if we're capable of admitting we made a mistake. And, and I'm not going to say I'm the expert in this. <laughs> I'll admit it's a challenge. It's hard. And it doesn't get easier when your kids get older. It just gets harder. But when we could do it and when we do do it, it really demonstrates our truthfulness, our willingness to accept rebuke, our willingness to change, our willingness to own our mistakes, our willingness to, to be honest. And there's nothing more that gives us authority, that validates our authority more than that. It's not a weakness, it's a strength. It's a tremendous strength, and it's a tremendous example. We're the greatest role model for our children and grandchildren and for all those around us. And being able to accept rebuke is such a precious quality in every aspect of life, in shalom bias, in work, in community, being able to hear how we can change, what we need to change, and being able to admit that we're not doing it right, and we will. That's true greatness. And it's something the Torah demands of all leaders. At the same breath, when the Torah gives us the full authority of the leader and punishes it by death, no exceptions. 
Torah says, but live up to your leadership. See to it that you don't make mistakes, and if you do, correct them, admit them, accept them. Listen to the rebuke of a Navi. Listen to the rebuke of a Bastin. Change. This is the time of year when we need to rebuke ourselves. We need to look deep within ourselves and be honest with ourselves and know how we can do better and own it and grow in, in that way. And in that way, we become so much stronger and so much greater. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu help us all to grow and steig in learning and davening and our own midas and our own greatness and have the ability to be honest with ourselves and know what it is we need to accomplish and need, need to change and then have the strength to change it. Have a great night and a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you. Yes. Okay.